Welcome, everybody. I am Rachel Levy-Lesser. And I am Stephanie Goldstein, and this is Life's Accessories, a podcast about accessories, clothing, fashion, and the stories behind them. We are two friends who love to accessorize and who remember what we wore on pretty much every meaningful occasion, and that is what we love to talk about. You can follow us on Instagram at Life's Accessories Podcast and also on Facebook. You can also email us at Podcast at gmail.com with comments, questions, or accessory suggestions. And if you like what you're listening to, we would love it for you to share this podcast with a friend and rate and review us wherever you get your podcast. Also, do not forget to subscribe so that you never miss an episode. Today, listeners, we are super duper excited to be talking to Brenda Janowitz. Brenda is the author of eight novels, including The Grace Kelly Dress, which has been optioned for a film by Hallmark Crown Media and The Audrey Hepburn Estate, which was chosen as the reader's choice by the CBS New York Book Club with Mary Calvi. We also have to mention that she is the author of the book the Liz Taylor ring, because after all, this is life accessories. I can't even say the name of our own podcast. But that's all right. And that this it's okay. book was it's, thanks. And that this book was selected as a Katie Couric Media must read book of 2022. Not bad. I have to say, when you guys who are listening in hear more about Brenda, you're going to be like, obviously, she's a pick for life accessories because she does write about the things, the accessories, and all the feelings that they bring. Her work has appeared in the New York Times. She wrote a fabulous piece in Modern Love for the Times that I still think about. I think it came out in 2019. It's called He's Never Going to Put Away That Shirt, which we just loved. And in fact, when it came out, my husband texted me a link to it before I read it and was like, you have to read this. So hysterical. It's very us. She's also written for the Washington Post, Real Simple, the Sunday Times in the UK, Salon, Red Book, USA Today, Bustle, The Forward, the New York Post, Publishers Weekly. Oh my God. So many publications. So many. many. Low Giggles, Writer's Digest, writersdigest.com, and XOG. Brenda, interestingly enough, is the former books correspondent to Pop Sugar. I actually remember when she was the books correspondent to Pop Sugar because she used to read a ton and recommend a ton. And honestly, I don't know how she has time to read so much and write so much. I can barely keep up. Well, it's impressive. And I can't wait for us to bring her on. Me too. Hi, Brenda, and welcome to Life's Accessories. So happy to have you today. I'm so happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Of course. Now we get to ask you the big question of the day, which is what meaningful accessory do you want to share with us? I love this question because it was hard for me to answer because I have so many meaningful accessories. But today I'm going to talk about my grandmother's ring, which I wear on most days, but not on summer days like this where it's so hot I could barely get them on my fingers. (laughs) We know what that's like. (laughs) Yes, that's right. I have a few of my grandmother's rings, actually, but this one's my favorite. And I think it's because it reminds me of my childhood. And so when I was around 30, I remember telling my grandmother that ring reminded me of my childhood and that at one point that was the ring I wanted to inherit. I'm sure I said it more elegantly at the time. Sure. <laughs> like when you die. <laughs> I'm sure I said name it. on it. Yeah. yeah. I'm sure I said it with more grace, but at any rate, I said, I, I love that ring. And she just turned to me and said, well, then why don't you take it now? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It was so incredible. And 
at the time I didn't know how to react. And so my mom raised me right. So of course I took the ring. <laughs> so I took it. She put it right on my finger. She said, why, why wait until I die? You should enjoy right. it while I'm alive and I could see you watching it. But she said, the only caveat is you can't wear it on dates because it has diamonds in it. And if you wear a ring that has diamonds in it on a date, men will think you don't need a diamond ring. <laughs> that was wise, like wise caveat. I love that. I, <laughs> I love, love that. that. Can you describe the ring a bit? I know we're going to post a picture of us with you holding the ring, but can you just describe it for our listeners? Yeah, absolutely. It's a delicate gold ring with a star on it with pave diamonds, which is funny. She thought these men would see this these humongous diamonds and not want to propose when in fact I took it to a jeweler for resizing and he basically told me in a nice way that it was worthless (laughs) 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 but she thought my god you know there's diamonds involved it's a delicate ring it's got this star on it with the pave diamonds and I just I love it and the funny thing when people ask me about it they never think it's old they always think it's new oh that's so interesting Yeah, there's something about it that's really like modern and chic and fresh. And that's really what she was like. She was really stylish and she didn't have anything that was old fashioned. Mm -hmm. All of her pieces are like timeless. And I wear a few of her rings, actually. (laughs) And people always think they're brand new. I love how you said that this ring reminds you of your childhood. Why does it remind you of your childhood? What about it? Yeah, it's the ring I always remember my grandmother wearing. And Mm -hmm. the funny thing is, I once asked my brother if he had the same memory and he did not. But for me, my grandmother was this very elegant woman. And I guess I was always examining what she wore and how she presented herself. And she was like a role model to me in that way because she was glamorous and cared about looking beautiful. And when you're a little girl, you think these things are like the height of glamour. (laughs) Like you've never seen someone so glamorous in your life. So I remember her always wearing this ring for like special occasions and things like that. And I think that's why it's my childhood. And I have pieces that belong to my mother that are my childhood. And in fact, I I know we're talking about my grandmother's ring, but I wore one of my- Talk about anything you want. (laughs) (laughs) I wore one of my mother's bracelets to her funeral and it was from the seventies and it that bracelet was my childhood and uh. two twin cousins who I remember she wore it to their bat mitzvah or b'nai mitzvah and when they saw me wearing it they started crying and they were mm-hmm. like that bracelet and so I do think these pieces can bring you back to certain moments and I am the keeper of all the family albums now I find myself with just boxes upon boxes upon boxes I cannot explain how many boxes in my basement of old pictures and it is kind of fun to look back and see who's wearing what yeah yeah do you grow through those things a bit but my mom only died a few months ago so I um sorry really thank you uh so it's it's kind of hard I've tried to go through them a little but it's rough so it's yeah Point. My my girlfriend, who's also lost her mother, said I really shouldn't do it till I hit the year mark, and then sort of we would talk it through and decide if I was ready. So there you go. I haven't combed through all of them, but a few. <laughs> I think that's good advice. I'm so sorry to hear about the recent loss of your mom. Stephanie and I lost our mothers, Stephanie, years ago. My mother, years and years ago. So we totally understand it. Not that it's why we started the podcast, but we have talked about our mother's jewelry, our grandmother's jewelry at great length. Our listeners are like, yeah, we know about the brooches, we, we know. know about the charm bracelets, but we know. 
We oh, totally arm get bracelets. arm bracelets. Yes. Oh my gosh. But we get that wearing pieces that belong to people that you love to certain events really does feel special and meaningful and brings them there. And I love how you said that your cousins recognized it. That happens to me a lot too. Yeah. Um, and it's nice too. It's sort of, you, you get to bring them with you to these things that you go to, right? I think it's even more than that. When I wear my grandmother's rings, this ring in particular, um, I, I really do feel like she's with me, but I feel yeah. like it's giving me power somehow. It's yes. Like, mm-hmm. she's with me, yes. She's encouraging me. She always encouraged me and always was one of my biggest supporters. And so mm-hmm. sometimes if I'll have an important meeting, I'll wear like three of her rings because like I really <laughs> have her with me, I'll have my whole hand covered, which was something she did. Actually, she was this tiny woman, but she always mm-hmm. wore tons of rings. So sometimes I'll be wearing a few at once, maybe too many. Some might, yeah. I feel like she's with me. I feel like more powerful, more myself, maybe there's just something about it. I, I can so relate to that because I've had times where I've been like, all right, mom, you're coming with me to this one today. I can't do it by myself. I totally relate to that. Absolutely. That. Yeah. We shared your bio in advance and your three most recent books, the Audrey Hepburn estate, the Liz Taylor ring and the Grace Kelly dress. So you like us connect so closely with clothing and accessories, jewelry, and you use them as ways to tell stories. This is going to be a long question, which will be in, <laughs> but we really want to know, have you always been interested in these women and how did you decide to focus on them and tell us what brought you to tell their stories the way you did? And you can pick this apart any way you'd like. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. I mean, the easy answer is yes. I've always been obsessed with these women, Grace Kelly, Elizabeth Taylor, and Audrey Hepburn. When I was a little girl on Sundays, I used to watch old old movies in black and white with my mom. They would always have them like on... I don't even know what channel it was, but you know, you'd find the Sunday afternoon. Yeah. yeah I'm like, like the random channel. Cause there the were only like four channels and I it was know. like the random fifth <laughs> channel. Yeah. 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 It was not so, the movie channel. Right? It was yeah. not the movie channel. No, it no. was the one where you had to turn the upper dial. The dial. <laughs> was it yeah. the outside dial? Right. Like yeah. the like, yeah. 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 <laughs> so we would watch these old movies together and I really just sort of like fell in love with these old Hollywood icons and you know, at the time, I I don't even think I knew what I was watching. It was like years later where I sort of was like, okay, that's Grace Kelly. Okay, that's Elizabeth Taylor. That's Audrey Hepburn. But I remember the first time I saw Audrey Hepburn, the first movie I watched of hers was Funny Face. And I just couldn't get over her. And Mm. you're playing this like bookworm and they go to Paris and then she gets more elegant. And then she does this crazy dance at one point. (laughs) And I just really fell in love. Yeah. Um, But since then, I always loved old movies, and then I would seek them out, dare I say, renting them from Blockbuster. (laughs) Like, the younger listeners are like, what's that? What are they talking about? I held on to my Blockbuster (laughs) card for way too long. Do you believe there were big stores called Blockbuster where there were all those movies? Yeah, I used to go there all the time. I've just always been obsessed with them. There's something about them. And I find what's interesting in researching these three books I've sort of rewatched a lot of them as an adult. And mm-hmm. that's fascinating because the way you perceive them and the way you understand them is so different at different times of your life. Right. So a lot of these movies I first watched as a kid and then I watched later, I want to say like in my mid twenties. And I remember with Sabrina in particular, the Audrey Hepburn estate is like a, 
I don't want to say a loose retelling inspired by the film Sabrina with Audrey Hepburn. Mm -hmm. By the way, I just read your book and I loved it. And I kept thinking about Sabrina and I loved Sabrina too. So I was totally picturing Sabrina the whole time. Yes. Oh, good. I'm so glad. That's awesome. I mean, I remember watching Sabrina as a kid and I thought, my God, Humphrey Bogart is so old. Why is this like gorgeous young woman? And I rewatched it last year when I was um, getting ready, researching the book and writing the book. And when I rewatched it as an adult, I thought, he looks good. <laughs> like, why did I think he was so old? Totally. He, he looked like he hadn't aged a bit, right? <laughs> I was like, I get it. Have you ever watched Wait Until Dark? Of course. Yes. Oh my God. I love that. Fun, one. fun fact about yours. Truly, I played that role that she played in what? the um, eighth grade play. Thank you very I much. I did not know that. I know you didn't know that. Mm-hmm. What? Yeah. It's like, is that appropriate for an eighth grade play? Probably not. No. I still have the script. And I was like, God, this was really grown up. I mean, yeah. murder, <laughs> drugs. This is terrifying. Amazing. I was scared and I was in it. That's so funny. Yeah. We did Grease as a camp play and it was totally inappropriate. I remember that. Oh, uh, God. Yeah. yeah, I did not understand Greece as a kid. That was yeah. like my favorite thing in the world. And my mom just loved it. Sing so all the lyrics. <laughs> all right, we're totally digressing here. So you obviously have been a huge fan of these beautiful icons for a long time. Oh, I've been obsessed with them my whole life. And so when it came time to write my sixth novel, and I should mention, I was coming off a novel that didn't sell. My agent said, let's think about something that you're obsessed with that everyone else is obsessed with. Because needless to say, the novel that didn't sell was about something that I was obsessed with that no one else was obsessed with. And I think the first stage of a novel is you have to be obsessed with the subject matter because, you know, to write the book, it takes a year or two and then to mm-hmm. edit about a year. And then if you're lucky, you're promoting the book for a year or two. So you really have to be obsessed with your subject matter and be wanting to talk about it for years on end. We started with this idea of weddings, because that's something I'm obsessed with. And so I started writing the opening pages of the Grace Kelly dress. But at that point, it was called Rose Point Lace. But it was still modeled after Grace Kelly's iconic wedding gown, because Mm -hmm. to me, that's like the ultimate wedding gown. And Mm -hmm. I actually... My wedding dress was sort of inspired. Oh, gorgeous. Oh my gosh. You have to send us that picture. Yes, will you? As my Aunt Jo would say, you look like Grace Kelly. (laughs) I wish, right? Yes. But to me, that was super iconic. And so my agent read the pages. She said, this is great, but the title's no good. I said, okay, so for now, just call it the Grace Kelly dress and we'll think We'll deal with it later, right. And she said, oh no, that's a good title, but why would you call it that? And I was like, what do you mean? The dress I'm describing. She's like, what about it? And I was like, do you not know the dress I'm describing? And my agent had no idea. So she Googles it. She's like, oh yeah, that's the dress you're describing. I'm like, Grace Kelly's wedding was like the most iconic thing of all time. Like, how do you not know this? But she was like, all right, no, I think people will like this. When she Googled it, she could see how obsessed the world was with Grace Kelly and her wedding right. gown and her wedding. So she's like, all right, lean into it. And that sort of became the basis for the Grace Kelly dress. Love that. Once I was done with it. Yeah, once I was done writing about an heirloom item, and obviously heirlooms are important to all of us, right? All of us here, I should say. And I was hoping, I was taking a gamble that it was important to my readers too, but You know, I was sort of obsessed with this idea of heirlooms still, and I was obsessed with Hollywood icons. And so I was like, let's do more. You know, we could do more with this idea. So the next thing I wanted to do was the Liz Taylor ring. 
but it was really that I wanted to tackle jewelry next because of this ring I wear every day. Oh, oh I did not know that. that. So it was because of this ring. I said, let's do jewelry next because it's something people are obsessed with. And yeah. when I was thinking about the book and I would talk to people and I would say, oh, I think I'm going to do jewelry next. People, everyone had a story and Hence, long stories about jewelry found, jewelry lost, jewelry hidden from family members, like all these crazy <sighs> stories. So I was like, okay, we're going to do jewelry next. But the thing was, then you have to connect it to a Hollywood icon. But it was key because when you think Liz Taylor. Her, yeah, there's no one else who you could think about but Elizabeth Taylor when you right, think right. Of jewelry. And I remember <laughs> I was talking to my publisher. I was like, yeah, I'll do Elizabeth Taylor. And they were like, what piece of jewelry? And at the time, I didn't realize how vast her collection was. I knew she was <laughs> known for jewelry. And I'm like, I thought I was smart. And I was like, I'll do diamonds. But then I started doing the research. And it's like, oh, no, that doesn't narrow it down at all. <laughs> pick a diamond. There are so many. <laughs> so <laughs> I had to pick a diamond. But then it's like I went from a wedding dress to a diamond ring then I knew I wanted to do Audrey next because I was so obsessed with her, but I had to go bigger with the heirlooms. And what's bigger than a wedding dress? What's bigger than a diamond ring? And I was like, we got to go whole house, like a whole estate. And since I loved the movie Sabrina so much, it was like an easy, yeah, yeah it fell into place quite simply because I knew for Audrey, I had to go bigger and better and <laughs> all that good stuff. I love that. Can, can I ask a question? Because now I'm dying to know the book that <laughs> didn't sell because I feel like Rachel and I are probably obsessed with whatever it was that you were obsessed with that are you willing to share that or no I, I can't my film agent is kind of working on selling it separately oh. so um love yeah. that I'm not gonna have to wait and see yeah I can tell you privately but okay um, oh all right offline <laughs> okay that's okay. very cool well, clearly you get this whole brand of life's accessories and I'm a big fan of your writing and your books and speaking of your writing which also has to do with an item I loved your essay in modern love he's <laughs> never going to put away that shirt and I have to tell you I remember when it came out because I read modern love every week it's my thing and before I could get to it, it was early in the morning. My husband read it, which was funny. And he texted me the link to it and was like, you are going to love this. And he also is like, this is us because I felt like that could have happened to us. And so I often think about your essay when there's an extra shirt lying around or what have you, can you talk to us? And I'm sure our listeners would like to know, we'll link in the show notes to the essay about how that essay came to be about a shirt of your husband's and really your whole marriage and your whole life in right. love. Yeah. <laughs> I like the way you described the essay. Yeah. That's pretty much it. And, yeah. your marriage and your whole life. Like, yeah. yeah. That's and that's the gist of it. Yeah, it is. It is. <laughs> that's what it, is. it started with a shirt, obviously. Doug left a shirt out upstairs, just like two feet from his closet. And for whatever reason, I just decided I'm not putting it away. I just, I, don't know, I was feeling like mom rage or something. I was like, I, I think at the beginning, I was like, let's see how long it takes him to put it away. And then it'll be a funny little joke at the end of the week. I'll be like, it took you four days to put the end of the week. That seems too short, but go right. on. Go, yeah. Go on. <laughs> yeah. So I just like waited and waited and it just stayed there. But then I like started getting like really angry about it. And I was like, I'm not putting the shirt away. It's like, <laughs> so it sort of became an anecdote. I would tell friends like first I had this one friend who like, every week or every other week when we would go for lunch, she would be like, 
how's dog? How are the kids? How's the shirt? It was like my pet dog, you know? And I would like tell her and I would report like, I think it moved an inch. No, maybe it didn't. Anyway, so it was like my anecdote. And I would tell people, like people would tell me a story about their husband and I would be like, well, have I told you about the shirt? And, you know, it was like this thing. I was constantly telling the story. So anyway, I'm having coffee with the novelist, Laura Dave. Well, now screenwriter, novelist, everything Laura Dave. But, you know, this was a few years back. So she was writing novels. (laughs) At any rate, she's complaining about something. And I said, Laura, did I tell you about the shirt? And I tell her the whole story. And instead of like laughing or a comment, she just looks at me dead in the eyes. And she's like, that's your modern love. And I was like, no, it's not. It's so silly and ridiculous. She's like, no, that's why it works. Like this story is like everything and you have to write it up. I think I went home from that coffee date and wrote it up in like a minute because I had told the story over and right over and over so I sort of had the structure of it and then I just had to like add the meat which is how it's about my whole life <laughs> right 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 just, yes, just in yes, case yes, you didn't yes, know what it was about right right this I, idea and this is what we do on yeah. the podcast and what I've done in essays is that you use this item to tell a broader right. story and I think that's really an interesting way to do it yeah yeah, yeah and, you know the funny thing about it since it was about something so ridiculous. I was almost like embarrassed to pitch it to Modern Love because I had pitched Modern Love like six or seven times prior and they were so serious. Yeah. (laughs) Like pouring my heart out and all of a sudden it's, oh, and I had bumped into Dan Jones, the editor at a book fair party and I had met him a few times and I was like, oh, I pitched you like six times. And I remember at this cocktail party, I was like, just so you know, I'm literally never pitching you again because I, I don't have any more stories to tell. Like I literally have nothing else. And we laughed about it. So right. I pitch, I was like, just wanted to let you know I lied. It turns out <laughs> I have another story. Here it is. <laughs> oh, that's, that's amazing. That is great. Yeah, I had given up on modern love, but then right. the shirt. And the funny thing is Dan fact checks it. So he was like, exactly how long was it but I was able to chart it because I knew when he had left it out (laughs) and like based on like my lunch dates with my girlfriend like when I started telling the story I was able to figure out sort of like when I started timeline story until when he finally realized and he put it away like ran okay so how long was it it. because I can't remember exactly it was approximately eight months yeah oh my god yeah (laughs) there's dead air for a reason (laughs) I mean, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, Our listeners are going to have to read the article to hear all about it because it's really fabulous. Yeah, that is hysterical. So can we go back a little bit? We mentioned in your bio, you are a prolific writer of eight books, eight. Did you always want to be a writer? And how did you get into writing in the first place? Yeah, as a kid, I was always a reader, always a writer. I was obsessed with story and telling stories and just like consuming everything I could. But I didn't know that you could be a writer. That was for people like Judy Bloom. Like I didn't know that. Was, I knew I loved to read. I knew I loved to write. So I became a lawyer. And I felt like that was the perfect thing for me. As one does. As one does. I mean, kind of, right? So I know many so do. many. I know so, so many, many lawyers, so many. writers, so many. Yeah. 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 But, and you know, I, I liked law school and I, I did like the practice of law at some points in time. I didn't like it when I was there at 10 at night all the time. I like to say I was one of those lawyers who was constantly walking the halls thinking of the stories I want to write. So Mm. at that point in time, I was talking about being a writer a lot. And so for my 30th birthday, my friends all got together and uh, my best friend organized a group gift. And she said, no more talking about writing. Now you're going to do it. And they sent me to my first writing class. And 
Yeah. And love that. Wow. Yeah. Good friends. I love your friends. And so that was the first time I really sort of took writing seriously. It was like Tuesday night, no matter what, you go to this writing class. And then since it was around the time I turned 30, I was like, you know what, life goal, let me try to write a novel and just see if I could do it. And I told myself, I just wanted to write the novel and see if I could do it. And that was the goal. Nothing more. Right. But of course, you're a type A lawyer. So you finish it and you're like, well, maybe now I should publish this. (laughs) I always like to joke that I had no idea how hard publishing was. And certainly Mm -hmm. now it's, it's getting like harder day by day. But back then it Maybe it wasn't quite this hard, but also I didn't know anything. And I, mm-hmm. I was like, if you study hard, you'll go to college. If you study hard, then you can go to law school. And if you study hard, you'll pass the bar. And if you get good grades, you'll get a job. I didn't realize how hard it was and how much randomness there was and how, you know, just because you work hard on a book, it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be published. I was like, I wrote a book, so now it'll be, but I just didn't know anything. And I think that helped me because... I think if I knew more, I might have been too scared to do it. I read an interview with Meg Cabot, and she said she got one of those guidebooks and started at A and went to Z. And once everyone rejected her, she started again at A. Ah. So I got one of those guidebooks, and my first agent, her name began with a G. So I got to G. I got an agent. I love that. Rest is history. <laughs> That's pretty good, G. That's a great story. Yeah, yeah. it could have been a lot yeah. worse. I know. Are you working on a new book now? And can we ask for the purpose of this podcast, is there an accessory of, or place or piece of clothing that is centered around? Yeah. So I recently sold my first young adult novel to Disney. So oh, wow. awesome. Congratulations. Great. Thank you. I am beyond excited. And um, yeah, so that's really what I'm focusing on right now. And it is not about an heirloom item, but it still is like, sort of has some of that DNA in it. It's about a teen who on the eve of her graduation impulsively decides to take a gap year and goes to Europe for the year. I know. So Well, it's so timely because Stephanie and I have upcoming like, seniors and we're oh, like having a heart attack now. Yeah. So No, I mean gap years are good. I mean all for gap years. I me too. Yeah. 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 Basically when she goes to Europe, she's recreating her grandmother was in this like girl group when she was younger. She's recreating her grandmother's European tour. So there's like a little of that heirloom, like the family connection, the multi-generation. So, mm. you know, similar, but different from what I've been doing. I think you'll see like a lot of the hallmarks of my writing in it. That's, That's very fantastic. cool. And I love how you're That's trying really a whole neat. new genre, even though it's young adult. I feel like I definitely want to read it. You know, I think it'll be more crossover because I've noticed my writing style hasn't changed, even though I'm reading yeah. from a 17-year-old perspective. Right. So, yeah. um, and I love reading young adult and ultimately it's a coming of age story. And I think a lot of my books are coming of age stories, even though the protagonists may be older. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. So when is that coming out? That should be out fall of 2025. Oh, excellent. Look out for it. So going back to your grandmother's ring, you wear that ring just about every day, except for these sticky, hot summer days. (laughs) But what would she say about all these books you've written and your career trajectory? What would she say? Oh, goodness. I don't even know. I would like to think she'd be really proud of me and excited about it all. I think, (laughs) I hope. And there's lots of grandmothers in my book. So I think she'd be excited that all of these glamorous grandmothers are sort of, um, they all start with her. So I think she would really like that part too. 
That's awesome. What did you call your grandmother? What was her name and what was your grandmother name? Oh, her name was Dorothy. And as a kid, we called her Grandma Dorothy. But then as we got older, we all started abbreviating it to Grandma D. And so that became the thing. So she was Grandma D. That's cute. I love that. All right, Brenda, where can our listeners find you? Where do you want them to go to check out all your cool work? Thank you. They can go anywhere. I'm just brendajanowitz.com. And for social media, I spend most of my time on Instagram and I'm at Brenda Janowitz Writer. Facebook, I've got a personal page that's Brenda Janowitz. I've got an author page that's Brenda Janowitz, author. And then I'm on Twitter, but I don't know what's happening. So let's not even discuss that. (laughs) I feel like we're getting that vibe from all of our other guests. And now we're supposed to be talking about threads, but I don't know what to do with that information. I don't even know. No, I can't even know another platform. I'm on Instagram and that's where you can find me. (laughs) Well, we're glad we found you and Brenda. What a fun conversation this has been. We really loved having you on today. So thank you for taking the time to share your story. And we wish you all the best and continued success with your writing. And we can't wait to hear and see what's next for you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for having me. This was so much fun. Of course, Brenda, it was great. And I'm going to get out some of my grandmother's rings today in your honor. (laughs) I love it. I love it. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Life's Accessories. Please don't forget to subscribe, rate us, and get in touch. Thanks for tuning in.